Christmas season once again, and uh, I'm delighted to have you hanging out with us during this time of the year. Uh, there's a new Christmas project that's out. Uh, it's called Urkel Saves Santa, the movie. Uh, and we'll play the trailer for you a little bit later. We uh, played it at the top of the show today. We'll play it again for you if you didn't hear it. But it's called Urkel Saves Santa, the movie. And the movie stars as the voice of Jay-Z, uh, one Jay Farrell. Love, love, love me some Jay Farrell. Um, as, uh, as you know, he is a brilliant stand-up comedian, impressionist, and actor. Uh, as you also know, he was a cast member on Saturday Night Live for seven seasons and was ranked the 55th greatest SNL cast member of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. He, of course, mastered, and I do mean mastered, his impression of President Barack Obama. As I said, now he's the voice of Jay-Z in the new animated Christmas project, Urkel Saves Santa, the movie. Miles, you got that clip? You got the trailer for me? Here we go with the trailer from the movie. Ur okay, Urkel Saves. Well, let, he, he, let, me, let, let him cue it up. Uh, gives me time, though, to say hello to Jay Farrell. Jay, how are you, sir? I'm good, brother. How about yourself? Man, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I, no complaints. I'm delighted to, to be here and delighted to be in dialogue with you. Uh, all right, Miles is ready all to right. go, Jay. Let me let me play the let me play the trailer for the film, Urkel Saves Santa the Movie with Jay Farrell as the voice of Jay-Z, and then we will spend the rest of the hour in a career conversation with Jay Farrell. something to help spread a little of that holiday cheer. Woo-woo! Yes! I'm showing everybody that I got what it takes to spread the holiday spirit without making mistakes. You've gamified being in the holiday spirit? Yes! 70 points! Oh, no, no, I do not like this idea. Points! Oh, no! You built engine-powered reindeer. Butterfinger clutch? I was gonna say eager. But we all know your heart is in the right place. As long as you care about the people around you, then you're officially helping me spread holiday cheer. Dashing through the snow on a city bus. Nope! Jay Farrell, good to have you on this program. And I... I, I was uh, I was uh, tickled uh, when I when I saw this coming my way, and it's got some funny stuff in it. And it's always amazing because when you talk about the holiday season, there's so many classic films, and yet people, of course, you know, every year working their way into this space, uh, putting out new product that may in fact become a classic. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but I think this is a this is a, this is a good animated feature, and it it, it acquits itself nicely. You certainly nailed the voice of Jay Z, sir. T Tavis, let me tell you something, brother. 
you you just made me realize how blessed I am. And let me explain this. Mm-hmm. I didn't even remember that I did the Urkel movie. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> when you when you have so much, when you do so much, man, and, and you forget, you forget the projects that you've done just because you're always working. You are blessed, sir. I, I was like, I, oh, oh, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> wait, wait, did I do that? No, I, I did. did. I did. I did that. I did that. <laughs> But that, but that, let, let me, let me, let me, I'm, let me follow you as I will throughout the entire hour. That is my way. I don't lead guests; I follow guests. And if you're doing it right, that's the way it ought to be done. You're not leading; you're following. So I'm going to follow you throughout this whole hour. Let me Absolutely. just so let, let me follow you on that point right there. Uh, when you say that you are blessed, and I, I, I hear the, I, I hear the humor, I hear the comedy in that. But let me just back up for a second uh, and ask you to really opine s- sincerely on how blessed you have been in your career. And I start with. The six years on SNL, I'm looking at a bunch of dates here that I'll yeah. share with our audience. This program is heard across the country, although I'm flagshipped here in L.A. I'll share with the audience uh, some of your uh, comedy dates because you are obviously always on the move. But you really have been yes, blessed, as we say. You've been blessed beyond measure in your career. How do you read that? Yes, sir. I read it I, I read it through, you know, constantly being able to um, to do what I love, make people make people forget about their problems. But also in in certain areas that you know I had aspired to uh, to pursue uh, earlier, like you know animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I'm I'm also a, a consulting producer on Family Guy and uh, a writer on that show um, from time to time, mm-hmm. and I have characters on that show. Um, uh, Brick Brick Baker, uh, uh, Moses, the 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 Batman. Mm-hmm. I've got I've done Kanye West. I've done all of these characters up there. And when I was a kid, I was just impersonating Stewie Griffin and all of these guys. And I didn't know that that would ever lead to something like that. Not only being able to work with them, Tavis, but to be able to work with their the sister company, uh, American Dad, mm-hmm. and to work with their, if you want to call them their rivals, but it's really not rivals because they kind of set the precedent for everything, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Simpsons as well. <laughs> so... So when you think about that, and sir, sir, I'm also JJ in Good Times. That's going to come out on Netflix next year. Hold on one second. I just got to. So when when I look at all of these things, man, I'm just like, it is a blessing. Mm -hmm. It is a pleasure. And I know I am living in my purpose the way that I'm supposed to. I want want to spend some time when we come forward uh, with our guest, Jay Farrell. Glad I got him for the hour. Talking about... This notion of being an impressionist. Um, as you know, I'm a very curious person, and I'm always fascinated by the way things work and how people find themselves to a level of artistic expression, and in Jay's case, artistic genius, uh, when they commit themselves to something. And, I, and, and again, I, I'm always fascinated by things because I wonder if I could do it. Is this something that he's just gifted to do and it came to him, or could I be an impressionist? Could you be an impressionist? And if so, like, how does that happen? What does that start? How do you perfect that particular gift? Because, again, everybody can't do what Jay does, but I wonder if, if we were in that space, uh, if we could ever elevate. So I'm just always fascinated by people's uh, particular and peculiar gifts. So we'll talk about what it means to be an impressionist. I'll share with you some dates where you can see Jay across the country in the coming weeks. Uh, again, it's a career conversation with Jay Farrell. So much to talk about, and we'll do it when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. 
from the Merc Park with love. love. This is Tavis Smiley. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. It does indeed. We're just getting started in this hour with, I guess, uh, actor, uh, impressionist, uh, stand-up comic, uh, Jay Farrell, who I'm delighted to have on this program uh, today. Um, Jay, let me, let, me, let me go to this impressionist thing. I, I, I said a moment ago that I wanted to tackle that first. Um, you mentioned earlier that when you were a kid, you were running around impersonating people. Take me back to your days as a kid and, and how that came to be your thing. Well, you know, it started at the age of six, man. I uh, I used to use it to, you know, get girls to like me back in the day. So uh, my first impression that I did was Iago off of Aladdin. But that was like the first celebrity one. Like I was in church. I was just observing and impersonating church members, um, uh, folks that I probably shouldn't have impersonated because <laughs> they had problems. And <laughs> I wasn't even aware of it, brother. I'm like, I'm just impersonating the way her neck moves. I don't know that she has a crippling drug addiction. Nobody <laughs> told me that, you know? So it starts with, it starts with observation and, you know, and then it was, uh, as far as celebrities, I got Forrest Gump. I did Sally Field. I did, uh, I did, um, I tried to do Robin Williams as a kid. Well, I did do Robin Williams as a kid. I started doing the Looney Tunes and then I got into, uh, I got into impersonating Bernie Mac and, and Cat Williams and all of these other folks that I, I had aspired to be. And before you knew it, dude, I had over like two, I don't know, 200 impressions. Now I currently sit over 200 impressions, which blows my mind. And it's to the point where people have to remind me that I do people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. So, again, when you're living in your purpose and you're aligned, man, you know, you, you can't go wrong, bro. Real talk. How Real does, talk. again, I'm, I'm, as I said earlier, I confess I'm fascinated by this impressionist thing. How does mm-hmm. a black kid impersonate a white woman like Sally Field? Like, how does that work? Well, first, first of all, that black kid ha- hadn't gone through puberty yet. So uh, with that, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> so the testosterone hadn't kicked in all the way, sir. So it was, yeah. it was, it was, uh, it was, it was easier for me to pull that off. But, you know, it was just all about, you know, whatever I saw on television, man, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of friends. So, um, you know, the, 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 these characters that I would, uh, impersonate like that became my click and my pop my posse mm. and i was i was good with that you know i was i was cool with that you know i'm a sheltered kid you know i come from a a very uh heavy uh, apostolic family um you know we're, we're christian we believe and mm. um you know so me me being able to entertain was my way of like breaking away from that you know because we were so uh, we were so restricted. There, there were oh, yeah. so many, so many rules. There was, mm. you know, uh, there was, there was, there was hypocrisy as well that was going on. And now, currently, um, you know, our, our, our reverend, our, our bishop, our overseer, you know, he got rid of a lot of that. Um, he got rid of all of it, mm-hmm. matter of fact. So we're a better church. But I think that was my way of escaping, just yeah. into the characters. I could get away from reality like that. Yeah. So it uh, just grew, and um, yeah. As we as we say around here, this is getting good. This is getting good. I don't, I don't know that you know this, Jay Farrell, but I too was raised in an apostolic church. Are uh, you kidding me? Oh, I am not. Trust me, we, we about to have this conversation right now. Trust and believe, we're gonna have this conversation right what? now. 
So let me just, yeah. I, I hey, man, I knew I liked you. I knew I liked <laughs> you for a reason, Tavis. I knew I liked oh, you. Oh, no, not, 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 not only raised in one, but still attend one. And that's, that is still my, my yes. faith and, and always will be. So let me, let, me, let, me, let me come to that in just two seconds here. Before I get to the apostolic thing, um, I, yes. I, I, I want to probe. Um, and you mentioned a bit of this. You were a sheltered kid. You started by saying, I didn't have a lot of friends. And I want that, that you, you, right. can't, you can't tell a talk show host, I didn't have a lot of friends, <laughs> and, and not think that's going to be interrogated. So why did you not have a lot of sure. friends, Jay Farrell? I just, <clears throat> well, after, after years, of, um, years of breaking it down and, and just thinking about, thinking about my upbringing, mm-hmm. I think it was just because I was so awkward, man. I was, I was an awkward kid, dude. I was, um, I was overweight when I was, uh, I got real overweight when I was six, you know. I, came, I went to New York City. And I stayed with my aunts for a summer. Mm-hmm. And I lit- I remember before I went up and uh, and uh, before I went up and saw them, I used to take showers, and the water was running straight down my back. Mm-hmm. When I came back from New York, I took a shower, and I was wetting up the curtain. I said, "Why is the curtain <laughs> getting wet?" And I, I I turned around, and I saw this gratuitous blessing that the Lord had given me. This these the butt cheeks of Meg the Stallion. I say, where did this come from? So I was awkward. It was <laughs> so that played into me. Not making the stallion. Not making the stallion. Bro. The cheeks of Megan the Stallion. It was I was total Nicki Minaj from the waist down, Tavis. Do you understand? The pressure. Do you understand how much attention you attract mm. from folks when you are a little boy? Yes. With a with a with a grown woman's butt. Do you understand? It. I so so. I really think that mm. played into my awkwardness, and I wasn't. I was never really comfortable in my skin, man. Mm. And that didn't. I didn't get comfortable with myself until. I was 17 years old and I looked in the mirror and I said, I got to get rid of this because if I don't get rid of this, I'm going to end up harming myself. I was on that. I was, I was depressed. It was, it was bad, but bro, check this out. Check what I did. My senior year, I was a young senior. I was 17. Now, mind you, six to 17. That's when I was overweight. Mm -hmm. Very awkward. Right. Mm -hmm. When I lost, I lost 75 pounds in three and a half, four months. It was four months. I lost 75 pounds and I flipped my GPA from a 2.45 to a 3.06 in a year. Ended up graduating with honors. Mm. I was, I wasn't playing Mm. because I I honestly feel like I got the type of determination and, you know, I I will attribute this to to my parents Mm -hmm. and me seeing um, how they move. When I put my mind to something, man, and I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. It it, it doesn't matter if it. No, no, no. I didn't didn't cut you off. Um, But here's the thing, though, Jay. Um, It's one thing for you to appropriate um, to enact a level of discipline of that ill as an adult. Yes. But to but but to but to be that disciplined as a kid. 
Yes, sir. That's that that that's a rare thing, man. I mean, you 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 flipped your weight, you flipped your GPA. I mean, just take me back to that mm-hmm. moment and, and give me a better understanding of that. Now you really got me thinking here. How were you that disciplined as a black male child? I just I I, I was just I was fed up, bro. I was fed up, and and of course. I do have, uh, I got ADD, I do. It hasn't been diagnosed because my mother's black and Shane let them put the label on me, but I, I have it. So yeah. no, it's like, I have to sit down and make a concerted effort to do something, to do something big. But once I get in there, man, it's like, it's just nothing that's going to stop. I think, I think Will Smith had a great quote. He said, you can, he said, you might be bigger than me. He said, you might, you know, you might even be more skilled, whatever. He said, but if we get on a treadmill, he said, I'm going to stay on that treadmill or I'm going to die. You're going to, you're going to get off before me or I'm going to die. So Jay Farrell, let me just ask you, Uh, do do you know who Will Smith, do you know who Will Smith, that that is a famous quote now, people have quoted all around the world. Do you know who Will Smith gave that quote to, who he said that to? He said that to you. He did indeed. <laughs> you you can't you, you can't quote you can't quote Will to me on my show, Jay, without acknowledging that the quote was said to me, Negro. It was said to I me. I did. I saw it on your show. Now thinking about it, yeah, he said it right to you. Exactly. That is alignment, brother. So here's so, alignment, so here, here, here's the deal. Um, I remember that. I mean, that conversation with Will has been. And Will and I have talked many times over the years. But that conversation with Big Willie has been downloaded millions and millions and millions of times because we were talking about his favorite book. He was yeah. on he was on promoting a film, of course. We were but in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got good, and we started talking. His favorite book was a book called The Alchemist. That's Will's favorite I, book. I, get, get the. I'm Travis, serious. I'm telling you the right truth. Now. I'm telling you the truth. Stop. The Travis, Alchemist. Do you know why? Do you know why this is crazy to me? Because that's my favorite book. I was about to say. I didn't even know that. I yes. did not know that piece, but that's crazy. We that's were, insane. We wow. were talking. We, we were wow. talking. We were talking about his favorite book, The Alchemist, and um, he was breaking it down. And that's when he made the point, which I won't repeat, because you said it, you quoted him quite, quite beautifully and quite brilliantly. But a lot of people, a lot of people who already knew Will, of course, Will was already you know, had long been famous. But there was something about right. that conversation with Will that gave people a better understanding of the way he moves, the way he shows up in the world. Um, He talked about the way that he uh, decided to do the movies that he did. I mean, he literally sat down, him and his boy, Mm -hmm. sat down and looked at the top 10 movies of all time. What do these blockbusters have in common? I mean, all this stuff Mm -hmm. comes to him from reading The Alchemist about the way he wanted to move in the next phase of his life. So he's breaking down this book the way he he thinks as a result of reading the book, and he makes the point you just made about the treadmill. That comment was made to me one night on my PBS program. It's been seen millions and millions and millions of times, but it got people to understand a a bit more about what animates and how Will processes um, his, uh, his, his place in the world. So to hear that the alchemist is one of your favorite books, tell me why you like the alchemist. Now you got me curious. It's this, nah, it's the same thing. It's like, it's like being able to mold what you talk about, mm-hmm. being able to mold it from nothing, make it happen. And no matter who doesn't believe in you, if you put it out there, as long as you're on the track, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because I said it. I will give you an example. Mm -hmm. Bro, I am from Virginia. I'm from Chesapeake, Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. 
there's no sketch actors in, in, in Chesapeake, Virginia. There's ha- there was hardly any stand-ups. We are hardly known for stand-up. Now, of course, now we have some folks who have come out. Um, of course, Bob Saget was from my, uh, my, mm-hmm. my area, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you've got, you know, Leonard Oot. Shout out to him. Um, you know, he went to, he went to Smith. He's younger, too. Uh, myself. And, and uh, it is a, a bunch of other uh, VA comedians now that are coming up. But it's like, I didn't know how to get on SNL. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. There was nobody. There was no gateway or whatever. I didn't know what to do. But I said to myself, I'm going to get on that show. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to will it to happen. And it's going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And it happened quick. <clears throat> it's, I don't know what. I was 22 years old on that show. Now we and got- before that... Before that, mm-hmm. I was 19. I went on the road with Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's brother, for mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. So it's like I spoke all of that into existence. You don't know how powerful yeah. your 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 mouth is mm-hmm. when you're speaking these things. You have to believe it. If you believe it, you can conceive it, and that is so real. I love I love any book. Anybody that runs and and lives by that narrative, you may have. That's to, the narrative I try to live. No, nah, it may. It, we may have to make the alchemist required reading for black men, because if it works for Absolutely. Jay Farrow and it worked for Will Smith, uh, you might want to read the alchemist. Uh, uh, Will Smith's favorite book, and more importantly for today's conversation, Jay Farrow's favorite book. Let me tell you a funny story here. We'll continue when we come forward. Um, you know, there's there are these moments in your career you look back on, and they're defining moments, right? You have you had many. I've had many of these defining moments in your career. Um, Oprah and I were already friends at the time that I that I talked to Will. So I knew Oprah and we'd hung out and done things together. No big deal on that front. Um, but I knew I had I knew I had made it when a year or two later, and I own my I own my show, I own my content. One of the best things I've ever done is just to own all of my stuff. Uh, and uh, a couple of years later, Oprah calls me or her person calls my person essentially and says, Oprah is going to do a conversation with the author of The Alchemist on her program. Her, her program, Super uh, Super is it Super Soul Sunday? Yeah, Super Soul Sunday, I think is the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. She was doing an interview with the author of, the, of that book and her people called and said she wants to use uh, some clips from your conversation with Will talking about The Alchemist. So here's here, here's here, here's little old me on my PBS program, and Oprah is calling me to ask me for the rights wow. to use my content with Will on her show. Uh, and all I will tell you is this: that when I saw that check <laughs> for for, <laughs> for the rights, because the way this works, the audience may not know this, Jay. You understand this? The way this works in licensing is you set a fee for every second of your content that people want to use when you license your content. There's a feed literally for every second. And when they decide the stuff they want to use, you total up that price by the number of seconds they want to use, and that's the check they have to cut you. Uh, Oprah being Oprah wasn't exactly sure what she wanted to use, so she just bought the whole thing. And, I, and I'll, Lord, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Wow. So I, I must tell you, it is one of the biggest checks I have ever received for, for somebody who wanted essentially a clip, but they bought the whole thing. I digress on that. Uh, when we come forward, uh, so much more to talk about with Jay Farrell. Trust me, we're going to get to Saturday Night Live in this career conversation. I ain't got to the Apostolic Church. We definitely going to talk about that. I haven't given you dates for where he's going to be. So much more ahead with Jay Farrell on Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically blind. Black, black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. The Ad Council. 
Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Jay Farrell, who I am delighted uh, to be in conversation with. Stand-up comedian, actor, impressionist, former member of the cast of SNL, and now the voice of Jay-Z. Uh, in the movie, Urkel Saves Santa, the movie, the film he forgot that he had done, but it's out. <laughs> Nonetheless, and Jay Farrell is in it again as the voice of, of Jay-Z. I'm watching my time, Jay. It's getting away from me, man. But So let, let me just go straight to the apostolic church. And let me just say this, and I won't have a real conversation yeah. with you. Um, you did not know this, uh, but I grew up in the apostolic church, and uh, I think my audience uh, knows that. Never been shy about that. Um, I believe, for me at least, I can't speak for Jay Farrell or anybody else, but for me, uh, I call it the three F's, the three F's, and these are the three most important things in my life, and they are in this order. My faith, Faith. my family, Mm -hmm. and my friends. Those are my three F's. My faith, my family, and my friends, the most important things to me in the world, those three F's in that particular order. I say that because... I cannot imagine my life without my abiding faith. I just can't imagine how I would be here. Uh, the song yeah. said, "The song says, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be?" And that's my testimony, right? So my faith means yeah. everything to me. And yet, if I can just keep it real, and I want to be careful, my mama's listening. I'm sure back in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, if you grow up in the wrong apostolic church. It can be, let's keep it real, it can be a dream killer. If you're, in the, if you're in the wrong apostolic church, those those rules, those regulations, um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the narrow frame, the lens through which they see the world can be a dream yeah. killer. So I ask, all that said, how you navigated growing up in the apostolic church. Uh, well, <clears throat> I would say this. The worst of the worst of what we were dealing with was with the overseer before our current bishop now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took a while to try to get isms out of people's heads. Like, listen, if it's not in the Bible, you if it's not in the Bible, then it doesn't it doesn't count. We're only following what's happening in the Bible. So. Like follow that. Listen to the listen to the word of God, and don't go by this black book that has been created with all of these sets of rules about cotton stockings, about about uh, dresses having to be a certain length or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you're supposed to. Everything is supposed to be done in moderation. That's what it is, and that's in every aspect of our lives because God is supposed to be the central nucleus of it. But when they make you feel like uh, the overseer is that power that you should, you, you know, you skipping work. You, mm-hmm. It's like y'all spending, y'all spending three days in serve, three days in service, mm-hmm. butts are stinking. Mm-hmm. Booties are funky. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like when, <laughs> when you're focusing on this book and not focusing on the words of God, then it is, it, it, it's not going to work. It's, you're not going to have that alignment in your life. So my family was really good about seeing through um, the BS in the church. You know, of course there were, there were things that did happen to uh, that did happen to our family and a couple of other families because of some of the corrupt people that were in, uh, that were in the congregation. Mm -hmm. However, 
we didn't allow that to break. We didn't allow that to break our spirit, and we didn't allow that to push us away from God. If anything, it brought us closer. And when all of the all of the legal stuff went through, there's there's been people trying to sue our church. Everything has happened to have us. Mm-hmm. But at this current at this current time, I would say we were we are the best that we have ever been. And since we did have a bishop who had um, an open mind. You know, there was no um, uh, condemnation for um, for wanting to do what you wanted to do talent wise. He mm-hmm. was just saying, hey, if you're going to do something, make sure you keep God in it. You can do yeah. whatever you want to in this secular kingdom yeah. that doesn't belong to God, because this is not God's realm. This is the devil's realm, yeah. you know, no. and sub- and subliminally, subliminally is so crazy to me how. Uh, sin is now. Sin is so subliminal. People mm-hmm. always are thinking that that the devil is going to be straight up in your face. Well, he is going to be right in your face, but he's going to be disguised as something where you don't even realize that you're getting taken away from the kingdom. Oh, you, you preaching? Know? You preaching and now? I, you preaching the, the right? The right Reverend Doc? The right Reverend <laughs> Doctor J. Farrell? Yeah. I'm, listen, look, look, bro. I have I have gotten over addiction. I have gotten over. There's so many things this year. I would say that I have um that I have come to just from a boost of belief and in, in me mm. really understanding and studying the Bible, man. Mm-hmm. But I and I talked to my I talked to my bishop. We we you know, I send him messages, I'll find something, I'll send it to him. What you think about this? Mm-hmm. But having that open having that open line with him, I think um it was easier mm-hmm. to navigate um all of the treachery in the church uh, yes. that was happening. And like I said, it's a loving community now, and we're good, and uh, it's all about Christ. Yeah, when I mentioned so. when I mentioned uh, how that experience for many can be a dream killer, um, I, I don't have yeah. the time. I don't have the time to tell you how uh, many sleepless nights I had, Man. and how depressed I was as a kid at times because I was told um, that the lawyer that I wanted to be, I couldn't be because if I became a lawyer, I was going to mm. hell. I was going to hell for being a lawyer, and I asked why would I go to hell for being a lawyer? And the answer was because lawyers lie and all liars will find their place in the lake. And I responded as a kid, because I'm a lawyer, do I, do I have to lie? I mean, do, exactly. do, do, do I have to lie just because I'm a lawyer? I mean, can, can I, can I tell the truth? Can I, can I be committed to right. unarmed truth and, 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 and justice and love? Why, why is it that yes. just because I'm a lawyer, I have to lie. So you telling me I can't be a lawyer cause I'm going to hell. Yeah. It's a yeah. dream. It's a dream That's... killer, man. It's a dream killer for some, for some people. So, and yet and you said something that you yeah. said something that really stuck out to me though. You were talking about the narrow mindedness of the church, yeah. the narrow mindedness that they did have. Oh, we're going to be the only ones that are saved in the kingdom. That is not true. There's so many ubiquitous, ubiquitously Christ is around. There are people out there who have submitted their lives to him. And as long as you know that Jesus Christ is the only way to the father, then you are good. As long as you're living and you got that inside of you, but they got a narrow, they had a narrow spectrum. It was so narrow. You can't do this. I feel like the generation before me, mm. I feel like they suffered, they suffered way more. They suffered way more. I'm 36, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, a, a lot of them, a lot of the kids and even the older, the, the older saints would come up to me when we would do talent shows. Cause that's where I did comedy, man. I mm-hmm. was doing, I was doing stand up in church mm-hmm. and you know, it was, it, it was anointed comedy, of course, and it mm-hmm. was geared towards um, what we were going through. But there was the number of folks that came up to me afterwards and were like, man, I, I wish, I, I wish the church was now, uh, I wish I wish it I well, wish then, back then it, it was is it, it, yeah. how it was. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I because I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to do this. They told me I couldn't be. I couldn't go to war. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't be a doctor. I couldn't do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's not true. It's mm-hmm. not true. As long as you keep Christ in it, you are fine. Well, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that the generation before you had it worse than you. Well, I'm the generation ahead of you. I'm. I'm. Mm-hmm. You're 36. I'm 20. I got you by 20 years, uh, and I'm that generation before you. <laughs> they, they, they got it much worse. Uh, and so I'm, I'm. I'm glad to hear that you are as well. Well adjusted as you are, having gone through that experience, and that you still uh, uh, profess an abiding faith, because that's what it's all about. Uh, I never know if these conversations are going to go. I did not know that particular part of Jay uh, Farrell's backstory. He didn't know that part of my backstory. It's why I love doing this program every day. I always leave smarter when I walk out than when I came in, and I'm always enlightened, encouraged, and empowered by the story, by the journey of others. When we come forward, I want to talk about his journey as a writer. We'll talk about SNL. I'll give you some dates for his stand-up tour. You're listening to Jay Farrell right now, and I'm glad about it on Tavis Smiling. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Tavis Smiling Smiling. continues when we come forward. forward. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. Jay Farrell, I know you've been asked this question many times, but not by me. Uh, when, you, when you look back, you look back at this point in your life, when you look back at your SNL days, you think what? I think, uh, I think, wow, what a ride and how young I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think maybe, maybe if I would have been a sketch performer earlier mm. maybe it would have been even better but i appreciate i appreciate the time and i appreciate all of the relationships i cultivated from there so my snl time was uh as they say the, the kids say today lit mm. it was lit mm-hmm. <laughs> it was and, and, it was super lit. And and to, and to be so honored i mentioned earlier that uh s that uh rolling stone put you on that list uh, of yes. of the best cast members over the, I mean, you, you think about all the years yes. that SNL has been around, and for you to make you know uh, that list of the best cast members yeah. they've ever had, as again as as noted by or denoted by Rolling Stone, that that's high <laughs> cotton as as they say down south. That's high cotton, Jay Farrell. Hey man, that's high cotton, or is it with Nicholas K? That's high praise. Yes, high praise, man. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's um. I, I'm gonna tell you about that Rolling Stone list, man. I honestly, I was like, what is it? The description that they gave for me, like mm-hmm. he's the, the the two chains of the Jimmy Fallon of two chains impressions. <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant, Tavis. I all in my mind, maybe it's not true, yeah. but there's always somebody who's in journalism or whatever that's that's a Jay Farrell hater. That's mm-hmm. what I get. Like mm-hmm. I'm like you. That's some hating stuff right there. All the all of the fun I had on that show, and that's what you had to say. Yeah, but. But to be on the list, man, to, that's to actually be a part of that institution, yeah. that's what a blessing is, bro. You know, I, I, I was, and to, and, yeah. no, no, finish up, finish up. And what? And, and, and go ahead. 
I was about to say, and to, uh, you know, to bring, uh, to bring some awareness to that show and, and get some, and get some ladies on that show, get some black ladies on that show, get some yeah. sisters up there, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Hey, it's what the show needed. So I'm happy. I'm happy about my time there. I, uh, I just can't wait for the for the next chapter of that. Yeah. So people be like, "Oh man, that was cool. SNL was cool, but when he did this, mm-hmm. like, I can't wait for people to say that." Oh, it's coming, you man! Know? It's coming! It's coming! Uh, since since we, since we talk about the t- talking about the the black book, uh, we, we are instructed, as you know, to call things that are not as though they were. Call that thing that ain't yes. yet as though it already is, and uh, we call that manifesting, and it will happen. Our remaining moments with Jay Farrell when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Jay Farrell, before I wrap this conversation in about four and a half minutes, uh, offering uh, the audience some dates where they can see you. Um, tell me about your journey as a writer. I mean, we know you as a stand-up, of course. We know you as an impressionist. We know that you are a writer. Uh, but tell me about your journey yeah. as a writer. Well, I would say the genesis, um, and I didn't even realize it, was me having a conversation with uh, one of my good friends. His name is Freeze Love. He used to go on the road with Charlie Murphy for years, and he's the one that kind of uh, that introduced me and uh, was the reason why I was on the road with him. Um, <clears throat> but I remember I was doing my act, and then I think I had a I had somebody had asked me to write something, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I, I mean, I do stand-up, but I don't know about writing. He goes... He says, hey, man, he said, don't you write your jokes down? I said, yeah. He said, then you're a writer. He said, you know what, you, you know what you're doing. He said, just just get in there, trust yourself, and just and just write. He said, Jay, even the things that you're just, that you're just freestyling, when you freestyle, that's writing. You're, it's coming from your head. It's freeform. And cut to me being in the booth, just recording a Kanye West voice for Family Guy, and them saying to me, do you want a writing job? I was like, wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> like, they say, do you want a writing job? I said, are you serious? They said, yes. They said, look, we would love to have you on the squad. And obviously you have, you got, you got creative ideas. Like we would love to add that to the show. And I said, man, and I just saw freeze love's face in my head saying, see, I told you, homie, like he wasn't even there, but it was like, he was, he was right there. You're a writer. You're so, a writer. <laughs> you're a writer. You yeah. are a writer. And now it's just, now I'm in the rooms, but on SNL, I remember being in the right, like we, when you're in SNL, you have to write, sure. you know, you, sure. you have to write. I would, I would write three sketches uh, a week. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> they would get pulled but you know but you wrote them i would still write them i wrote them so all of that is important man you could have you could you could have diamonds you could have a whole bunch of diamonds but maybe maybe there's a whole bunch of there's diamonds there's there's rubies there's emeralds there's all of this so maybe your diamonds aren't being seen Mm. it doesn't make mean that they're not diamonds it just means that they're not being paid attention to wherever you're at so what do you do? Diamonds are precious. You keep those and you go to a place that that has sand. Mm-hmm. It's just sand there. And you drop that diamond on the sand and you say somebody's like, oh, damn, look at this diamond sitting here. And then that becomes something else. Yeah. So it's just all about where you put your energy. But never, never give up on your gems. Never mm-hmm. give up on them. Just keep them cultivate them, maybe revisit them later, brush them up, 
and I'm telling you, somebody will appreciate it. I can't do no better than that. Yeah. That's, how, that's how you close the show. That's how, that, that, was a, that was a mic drop, <laughs> by the way. That was a mic drop moment uh, from, hey. from, from Jay Farrell. He's a busy guy. He is the voice of Jay-Z in the new Christmas movie, uh, the animated Christmas film, Urkel Saves Santa, the movie. Uh, he's been busy. I mean, <laughs> Showtime, White Famous, uh, Steven Soderbergh's sure. film, Unsane. Um, yes, sir. Uh, the comedy uh, hashtag two minutes of fame and the dates yes, I'm going to give you right now. You don't you ain't got to remember all this. You can go to uh, jfarrellworld.com, jfarrellworld.com for all of his dates. But I will tease you with this: he's on the way to North Carolina and Wisconsin and Texas <laughs> and Boston and Connecticut and Nashville, Tennessee, uh, back to Charlotte, North yes. Carolina, Washington D.C., Houston, Texas. Ohio, uh, California, Orlando, uh, all of those places uh, uh, will be uh, blessed with the presence of Jay Farrell in the coming weeks. Once again, it's jfarrellworld.com for all of his dates. In these last 30 seconds, Jay, let me tell you, man, I, I knew this was going to be a great conversation, so much better than I even thought it was going to be. I learned things yeah. I, I, about you and about your story and about your life and your work and your witness. I've enjoyed this immensely. You are welcome back on this program, sir, anytime, and I thank you. Man, me too, brother. And listen, man, I would love to connect with you, bro. Because I'm, t- I'm this. Th- I'm, you feel similar. We have similar vibes, and I and I like that, brother. And you've been in the game, and I appreciate the the groundwork that you have laid and the people that you have exposed the world to. And while you're exposing how great you are yourself, my man, and I, I'm really, I, I love you, man. I appreciate it. Love Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you back, man. And ain't nothing you can do about it. Thank you for your time, Jay Farrell. Have a great rest of the day, my friend. Hour three of Tavis Smiley, when we come forward.